All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of West Coast Street Knowledge. I'm your host, Gil, a.k.a. The American Cholo. And today I have another special guest in the house for you. I've got a ex-gang member that turned his life completely around and now is a filmmaker out here in Los Angeles, um, Mr. Manny Jimenez Sr. How you doing, brother? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you, How are you, man? I'm good, man. I, I, first of all, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and um, sharing your story, Manny. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been following you guys right I try to catch um, as many as I can and love what you're doing, and um, it's going to grow from here, so yeah. I'm happy to be part of it. That's right, brother. appreciate it. So let's just, let's just jump right into this, man. Um, people, for people who don't know you and don't know your story, uh, where did you grow up at? Uh, well, I'm born and raised in the Los Angeles area. Okay. So I'll, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Goal, situation, Chicano family, you know, dad on drugs. On heroin, beat my mom, all that stuff, and um, see all that as a kid. Right. And um, got into, I think my escape was looking back. A lot of stuff you kind of, when you reflect, you kind of, you know, you kind of can see, like, oh, okay, you know, like, so television, looking back, I started saying, oh, television and movies was a, an escape right. uh, for me as a young boy with all this stuff. So that was kind of cool. But you, you, you as a you as a kid, just to kind of run right through it real quick, you you were involved in gangs for a bit. Obviously, the parenting wasn't wasn't like as you said. You had you had parents who were going through drug problems and issues like that, and that that definitely affected you. Up to what age did you kind of start phasing out of that? Uh, phasing out of my innocence, or phasing out of the gang stuff? Out of the gang stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. After. Yeah, after being in the gangster for a while, I mean, you know, being angry and hurt and all that, and then, you know, as I started getting out, I mean, pretty much a good, I was in my late 20s, I, I, I put it this way, the first few years I got in, right. and then when people, would like my first, I, I like to say like the guy that would have became my best friend, right. when he died and he was shot in the eye, which is one of my films is about, is when I seen like, okay, dang, like, this is what I signed up for. Like, you know, when you're signing up for this stuff, it's more like the girls, the parties, the right, fun. Right, right, So then right. it started getting real, but you're like a young kid, so you, you don't know how to, like, you know, your pride and your, your ego and all that, you're, and then you're, you're scared, right? So you're like, well, I'm, this is what I signed up for, so I'm committed now. Okay. And then you see more of that happen. So as the later years, I've seen a lot of the betrayal. You know, I had already, like, seen a lot of the betrayal, Right. And, um, but the later years, I was kind of like, man, this is getting, this is played out already for me. And so I was in my late 20s, and then uh, I got busted for a crime I didn't do. And uh, luckily, I had this mentor. I had this this uh, this lady, um, Shirley McDonald Waters. She was a, an attorney out of Orange County, and she would mentor me before I got before I got in cases and tell me that. I believe in you, you could do more in your life. And she would always tell me all this positive stuff. And at that time, this was in the 90s, I was like, man, I'm going to be in America's most wanted. You know, <laughs> like, I don't want to hear all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but so when I got, so I was getting, you know, I got arrested for a crime um, that I didn't do. And, you know, you don't snitch, whatever. It is what it is. Just fight it. And this lawyer, I called the lawyer, like, hey, remember you said you believe in me? I need help, you know? And she helped me, and um, you know the guy was a was another from another gang testifying, and you know he changed his testimony on the stand, 
and um, so I realized I made a mistake and all that. And the lawyer, um, going in there with the lawyer, you know, it always helps, right? Of course. And um, they stopped, you know, they dismissed the case, and the judge's um, were exact words were, right? Mr. Jimenez, um, I, I have a hunch you were there, but I can't hold you on my hunch, you know, and they dismissed the case. Right. So that pretty much, but the, when they dismissed the case, at this point, I'm, um, I have two daughters. My new girlfriend, who's now my wife, was pregnant with our with my son, right. with our son, and he, she's like four months pregnant. And the courtroom, there's like no homies there, nobody there. It was just my mom, rest in peace, my grandma, rest in peace, and then my brother, right, and then my girl, who was like I said, four months pregnant. So at that point, I'm just like, okay, now. I had a rat. Um, I fought the case legit. Got a lawyer. Beat the case. Or you know, I got dismissed. Right. It's like, what do I do? Like, I'd have to be like pretty dumb to just like keep it going, right? <laughs> so I was just like, this opportunity for me to just make a, a left turn here. And then um, everything that I learned in the neighborhood, which was commitment, loyalty, you know, all that stuff. Even though not, I, like in other words, I cherry picked good things from the neighborhood. To, that I took into my new life, right? That's right. So then I applied it into my new journey, right? So like now, okay, let me be committed to my my wife now. Let me be committed to my family. Let me be loyal to them. You know, let me let me put everything that I was putting into the neighborhood, put it now into my family, into like rebuilding my life on uh, into society, right? So, you know, I didn't have a, a at that point, so like, what was like 27, 28? This is in 1997. So I'm like, I didn't have a driver's license, no, you know, no car, no bank account. Um, you know, like, you know, I'm Mexican, I'm short, I'm a cholo, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I was like, damn, what the heck am I, who's going to hire me? Right. I was very low comp, uh, low self-esteem as far as like, um, you know, I was a high school dropout, you know, I mean, so it was, I just was like, man, I have everything against me, you know, but I just knew for sure, like, I'm not going to commit crime. That's right. Because, um, you know, I, man, I like my freedom, bro. Yeah, of course, <laughs> you know of I course. Just, I like going in the, you know, it was always like the little things. I like to be able to go in the fridge and eat a bowl of cereal in the middle of the night if I want to. <laughs> you know, not, as I'm older, I don't do that any that much. Right. Once in a while, but can't do that a lot, you know. Start having health problems. But, I mean, you know, those little things, taking a shower, using your own restroom in your home, and just certain little things, I just was like, man, I'm not trying to. You know, hitting the county a bunch of times and juvie and all that, I was like, I'm cool, you know, I just really love my freedom. And then there was like the adrenaline, you know, I never got into like the whole drug thing, but for me it was like brotherhood, the camaraderie, fun times, and the adrenaline of the life is something that, you know, kind of got, was my thing, you know. So again, I took that, applied it into to my commitment to my change. And as I was transitioning, you know, so now again, I'm like, I have nothing. My girl's four months pregnant. Like, what am I gonna do with my life, right? Right. Kept trying to get a job. Nobody would hire me. Um, she would have to drive me with her mom's car, and it was just, it was, you know, rejection, rejection, rejection. And so I, I didn't even like, but that didn't, you know, once, you, once you like, the main thing for me is like, I was committed, right? Once the thing, I, once I'm committed, or anybody is, <coughs> excuse me. You just, you know, you just go full force without, like, there's, like, not stopping is not an option. You know what I mean? There's no, giving up is not an option. Like, that's not even, never been in my head. It's like, no, I'm going to do this. So, finally, someone hired um, 
my girl and I, we both applied at Toys R Us, and they actually didn't hire me. They hired her at first. Okay. So I was like, bummer, man. I can't even get a job at Toys R Us. And then, like, a couple of weeks later, they hired me, and then she ended up quitting. Because, I mean, you know, we needed the money, right? Right. And um, so I get a job at Toys R Us. I'm trying to, you know, just do the right thing or whatever. Um, and, you know, like, I had to learn how to, like, be cool and know how to talk to people and, you know, how parents find their kids. You know, sometimes it's kids would be lost on different aisles or whatever, but I had to be, you know, I learned to be like the best Toys R Us worker there was and do everything that um, I needed to do and end up getting like, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, certificates, employee of the month and all that. Right, and raises right. And, and I started feeling good about myself. And then there was this one guy that I helped, this one man, he came in, um, on his lunch break and I was almost ready to leave. So, you know, like when you're ready to leave, you just kind of pretend to work, you know, <laughs> and you're just kind of moving toys you're, around. Moving you're coasting, you're coasting. Okay. Right? Like if you're at, like the people at Walmart, when I see them, I'm like, I know what you're doing, like trying to look busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, so I'm doing that. And so I was like, the guy comes in, Hey, you know, I need to, I need to buy this, this, uh, he, he's like, I already knew all the aisles where, where, you know, the Hot Wheels were, or the Barbie. I know all the aisles. I just really got it. I was trying to be good at my job and um so the guy calls in i need this one specific toy and i was kind of annoyed because i was like man i'm about to leave right now right? right but i'm like yeah yeah i know where it's at and i took him and he was on his lunch break and then um he was very happy that i just was able to get him in and out but inside i was annoyed right right but i put up the front i guess as well. so he left so the next day they called me in the office on the speaker like oh you know jimenez come to the come to the um, office and when they call you on the speaker everybody's like ooh you're in trouble or whatever right <laughs> yeah. so I went in there I'm like oh man what did I do and I was always like scared that they were going to find out that you know I had a pass and I had a, I was on probation all this stuff so right. they were going to fire me so I was always and I never told them that right <laughs> and then so I go in there and the guy the, the owner's house or the, the, the store director says hey do you remember this guy came in yesterday and he and you helped him and you know, and I knew who they were talking about, and I just said, no, nah, I don't remember. So I thought the guy complained about me, right? right? Like I said, I was feeling kind of not in a good mood, right? right? I was right. feeling annoyed. And he goes, I goes, no, nah, you don't remember you came in? I'm like, no, nah, I don't remember. I don't remember. But I, I knew. I remember, though, right? And he <laughs> yeah, says, yeah. Oh, well, look, at he said this, and he shows me the paper that the guy called up and said all this and nice things about him. That was the best customer service he ever got, and this and that. And I was like, oh, he was like, oh man. I started laughing. I go, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> And they start laughing. So, but what that did for me, the reason I tell that story, what that did for me was like, I was like, oh man, wow, that made me, um, that really moved me and touched me. And I always remember to this day because, and I still have the little write up in my in my stuff, you know. And he, and he says uh, the reason why it touched me because every time, you know, growing up, we're told everything we do bad, right? Absolutely. Like I've never, I don't remember any time, um, even gets emotional thinking about it now. Like, I never remember ever as a kid anybody saying good job or you're going to be something in life or, you know, I, I never in my whole life. So, so that felt really good, man. And that was a big, um, man, that feeling. I was like, I just never had that feeling before. So that really, I was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. You know, someone acknowledged that I did something good, you know. And, um, and even though I kind of was annoyed. So I, I kept doing that, but I was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm already on my third kid. I'm working here with people that have, you know, this is their side job. They're going to college or right. going to school. And I'm just like, this is my only job. And I'm, 
and every paycheck I was buying Hot Wheels and stuff, you know, <laughs> uh, toys that I didn't never got as a kid or whatever, right? right? right. Like Batman stuff. So, so I was like, man, what am I gonna do with my life? So I thought of the military, and I was like, nah, I don't like waking up early. Right. <laughs> I thought of going back to school, like, nah, I never did good in school. I, I get, um, you know, ADHD. You know what I mean? I just can't concentrate and all that. And then, um, and then I was like, man, I always liked working in the movies. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, at movies, even even uh, as a kid, even through the whole neighborhood stuff, movies was always like a, an escape, right? Right. And um, so something I really like, just like uh, lit a fire on me, you know, like, man, the light bulb would always go on. So I would watch, um, the way my schedule was, I would get off late, and my girl picked me up, and I would watch Jay Leno back in the days, the, the Tonight Show, which Jimmy, for younger folks, you know, that's the Jimmy Fallon one, right? Right, right. Back then, it was Jay Leno, right? And this is Johnny Carson before that. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Carson before <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And uh, so he was doing these interviews. You know, he interviewed the three interviews that stuck out to me were like this one with Will Smith. That he said about his dad. They built a, a brick house, a brick wall in front of their uh, warehouse. Um, excuse me, in front of their. Um, I guess they had a, a, a not a warehouse. Uh, what do you call it? I don't know. What they sell tools. I guess like a storage, that, like a storage shack or something. No, was, uh, they had a store. You know, like a. I can't think of it. They had a store where they sold tools and stuff. Okay. But anyways, they they, they had their own business and they were putting up a brick wall. And his da- and the son and Will said no. Young Will said no. I, I we can't do that. And he said no. And they just did one brick at a time. So I knew when the brick wall was done, uh, he said, "Hey, look at son. Don't ever say you can't." And I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." You know, I was like, like I said, I never had people tell me that. So right. hearing it from them was cool. And then. Robert Duvall said that he had a great job at the at the post office, had benefits, retirement, all that. He's a, but it just wasn't something that he wanted to do. So it was like these things were speaking to me, like, damn, that's kind of how I feel, right? That's right. So I was like, I want to go to Hollywood, but like same thing, like, oh man, I got a criminal record. Um, you know that 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 insecurity kept creeping up, right? Like, right, right. Again, I'm cholo, I'm short, I'm Mexican, like, right. you know, all this stuff. And now it just kind of lingered on me. I don't know why, it just did, you know. And then um, finally I watched this one about Quentin Tarantino promoting Jackie Brown. And um, he was already like, he was like just saying about how you could come from Russia, you could come from anywhere, and Hollywood doesn't care, right? Right. Hollywood doesn't care where you come from. I'm like, man, I've just got to do it. That's right. So I just told my girl, again, I'm like, she's like six months now, right? She's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> I was like... Hey, you gotta take me to Hollywood, <laughs> drive me around. <laughs> it's like what the heck? Like, cause you know, I remember. Right, and again, this goes back to my mom. Rest in peace. She loved movie business. She loved um, helping people. She loved. Um, she always taught me about using my um, my instincts, right? My good instincts. As a, as a young kid, like those are the things that she did that I didn't like, but those are the things that I took from her. Right. So when we were young. I even found an old VHS tape of. Her, her, um, someone recording her, or no, her recording all LA back in those days, back in the 90s, right. and then her singing, seeing a movie studio, uh, you know, when you see the big trucks out there and they're filming, yes, of course, and hearing my mom's excitement of seeing the trucks, oh, look, they're filming a movie, <laughs> and then it, so, like, I got, I always, that's how I get to this day, I still get like that, like, right now, there's hardly any movies filming, but. Right. Uh, so, I, so I would see that and get excited, so I told my girl, hey, let's got to take me to Hollywood in downtown LA you know there's no internet or I didn't know how to use it back then but 
we got to go find some movie sets. And my whole plan was like, I'm just going to walk on movie sets until they hire me. That's it. Okay. You know, so I would, that was the plan, man. So she would, I said, you know, sometimes they'll be in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's like scary for you. Know? I was like, so drop me off, go around the block and keep going around the block till, till you come back up, till they come back up. Right. So it was almost like we were doing missions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So I jump out, go in there, rejection, rejection. And, like, people were just, like, carrying lights. They're like, nah, get out of here. Well, like, what, what, hire you. what were you telling these people when you are walking up on them? Hey, I want to get in the movie business. Hey, how can I break in, you know? <laughs> okay. And a lot of times, you just get rejected, you know? And it's just, you know, like I said, I was this little young gangbanger kid, big old Ben Davis. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so they're just, like, they didn't take me serious. And then finally, but I just, but, but that didn't, that didn't, phase me at all like I wasn't like oh okay I'm gonna go home and not try no I'm like I'll just do it again do it again so every time we had a chance to use her mom's car we you know we had a time when we could use her mom's car and when I was at Toys R Us you know right right so finally uh, this is like months of doing that and finally I went to one and I I don't know what happened but I got all the way on the movie set and it was looked like they were breaking for lunch. So I got to see like the big old buffet. So I was like, damn, I mean, I really got to get up in here. <laughs> right. And then they were like, the guy was actually pretty cool. He goes, no, go, go get hired for, because I look, man, I'll sweep, I'll do security, I'll, I'll work for free. I just want to get in the business. That's right. And then the guy says, like, no, come get paid and do it right, but we don't need anybody. And I was like, man, so I just walked back out and I was just waiting for my, my girl to come up. And there was, a, there was a, a white dude with dreadlocks smoking a cigarette. And I said, um, hey, man, how do you how do you get in the movie business, dude? And he's like, man, I don't know, man. I'm just an extra. I'm like, man, why well, I'll be an extra. How do you be an extra? So he gave me a number to Central Casting. And I was like, cool. And I called it. He's like, it's legit, man. You pay. Back then it was called Cenex uh, Casting. Okay. And uh, it's one of the biggest uh, background casting places around in Burbank. And, um, you know, so back then it was mostly phone. You call. So I called. It was the middle of the night. I called. I said, and they said, you know, sent, uh, Cenex Casting. And I said, and I hung up because I got nervous. I'm like, oh, man, it's legit. And I called back. I'm like, hey, I want to be an extra. And they're like, are you union or non-union? I said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, you're non-union. So I signed up. I, uh, and I, you know, I went over there and I went over there and signed up and I'm trying to dress like um, I'm going to a job interview, right? right? Like dockers and a shirt, a collared shirt tucked in, you know, like you're going to court or whatever. Oh, you're going to court. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. And um, and next thing you know, like, so they, they, they got me on a job. It's called Deep Impact. It's a big old crowd scene. But I just remember it was at Universal Studios Backlots. And I went, and I'm like, oh, I saw the buffet, you know, the free food. And, right, right. And I was like, you don't got to, they're like, you don't got to pay, man. That's all for you. I'm like, oh, man, this is calm. Like, I'm gonna, when I got on set, bro, I was like, I'm going to do this forever. Yeah, that's right. This is it. Yep. I just loved it. I just fell in love with it. And I just started studying, like, all what goes down on the, behind the scenes of the set. And then my allergies kicked, and I had a, physically had a bad time on set because we were on this big old grass, and, you know, but... It was the best one of the best times of my life too. Now, what year was this? That was that was like now you know my um, ninety seven. So that was ninety eight. Oh wow! So okay. from ninety, yeah, it was within the year. I was like, I was. Uh, I guess you could say making moves. <laughs> right, <laughs> making the big moves. I had moves. wasted enough time already. You know what I mean? That's right. So so now you you, you go on the set. You got hired as an extra. Where do you start uh, progressing in this thing? So now I start studying. You know, what, what, 
so like early on i started studying also again i, I go back to this i go back to like things that i cherry picked from the neighborhood right, right? when you get in a neighborhood what do you got to do you got to put in work make a name for absolutely. yourself right absolutely okay so boom that's it i flipped the script got in hollywood put in work make a name for myself right nice i wasn't tripping on the money I was like, no, nah, I'm going to put in work. I'm going to do a good job and be nice to people and just, you know, but I still, you know, you know how it is. I still had a, you know, someone disrespect you. I still had that edge. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, of you, course. You can disrespect me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So there's, a, I mean, in any business, there's just rude people in, yes, in the world. Yes, yes, It's just the way it is, you know, you, you know, so, um, but I got, um, so I started getting to a point where like, Showing up, and then um, I got on the show, the Showtime show called, um, and I can't even think of the name of the show right now. I have to look it up, but it was oh, Resurrection Boulevard. Okay. Yeah, back in the day. So I got on that show, and then they, you know, they they, they needed. Um, I seen that they had lowrider cars and homies, so I started telling the casting company and the people on set like, hey, I could get, you know, I knew some lowrider car club and I, I know some other homies, and I met other other homies. This guy named Alex, he actually just uh, DM'd me like a few days ago. These like one of the first homies I met um, from the San Fernando area, um, Pacoima area, That's and he was like, hey, remember me? I'm proud of you, brother. And, he had got out of the business years later, but he was like the first dude that I met that was like showed me the ropes, you know. Right. And um, so, so my whole thing was like I would tell the casting companies or the or be on set, and um, hey man, I could get low rider cars or I could get this. And a lot of times I got taken advantage of, and they got me, yeah, you know, course. real cheap. Of course. But I, I I didn't care about that. I was like I just want to learn. I want to like I said make that reputation that I'm the guy that could deliver, you know. But I was doing it just like I already knew the game. Like you bring something to the table, you know. What I mean, that's what it's all about. So I was just started doing that, and 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 um, that was kind of like my filmmaking school. The whole neighborhood stuff. A lot of it, you know. I'll touch back on it, but a lot of it was going back to your instincts. The whole thing was, you know, really preparing me to be a filmmaker. But um, you know, I started just, uh, you know, hey, look, man, I could provide something to. To the people in Hollywood, right. being used to them, and I'm getting homeboys work. Right, like, exactly. It's a blessing on both sides, you know what I mean? Yes, sir, yes, sir. And I'm the guy in the middle, so I want to make sure both people are happy. So that was like, started going good, started going good. Uh, worked on some Cypress Hill videos. I, I, you know, I was a big Cypress Hill fan, still am. That's from right. Back in the day, so I was like, cool, got to, got to meet those guys and be on their videos. Then got to meet Danny Trejo and... You know, and then Pete Bosket, a lot of these guys that I, that I um, looked at uh, watching TV, you know, bitching parties or, you know, all the, <laughs> you know, blood and blood out and colors and all that. So I started meeting all these guys and then, you know, and it was pretty cool. And then, um, but providing, providing something and really um, helping people, it just became my thing. And I became the guy that, that, you know, I made a reputation by that and they started hiring me more and more and I worked on um, a bunch of TV shows and movies. Uh, but Resurrection Boulevard was one of the first ones and it met Noel G along the way when he was starting his career, we were we became friends. And um, so it was like a little group of us that are just started hanging out and looking out for each other, you know? Right. And um, it was, it was you know, yeah, it was fun times. And we were going to music videos, uh, commercials. We were just doing a lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Um, and we weren't really worried about like um, 
you know, it was never it was never an issue where like where somebody was from. Like if you ran into on set, like if we're on set filming, of course, and some homie locked up, they were just like, "Homie, how can I be down with you guys, man? Right. How could you get? Yeah, let's That's go right. get yeah. somewhere. Like we just gotta be committed. I just will share what I'm sharing now. Hey, man, you just gotta be committed and be cool, be nice, show up on time. You know, like I said, there was times on set where like uh, a wardrobe person or or a uh, you know, one guy specifically was very rude, this big Italian dude. Right. And I remember I went up to my fool. It was like the first year. I was really, really wrong. I'm like, I'll break your legs, fool. You know, <laughs> talking to me like that. Right, and, like, right. and, he, and he looked at me and he had watery eyes. He goes, hey, man, I'm really sorry. He said, um, I've been a shithead all morning. My brother-in-law just died. And then oh. I said, oh, man, I felt, I felt bad. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, and then I just noticed, like, people are either going to, if you confront them, they're either going to call security <laughs> or they're gonna apologize, right? You know what I mean. And um, it was just, you know, developing myself. I had mentors. I stayed in touch with my lawyer mentor. I had other mentors. I had to start learning how to correct people respectfully, correct. not not get gangster on them, right? Yes, in yes, case yes. People don't talk to me like that. Because sometimes it's not personal. They're just the, the production's moving so fast. You're trying to get a shot with the right. when the sun comes down and people are, are using deep voices or they're, they're, it comes off like they're talking down or you're yelling, you know, but they're not. And a lot of times they'll come like, hey, sorry, guys, you know, we'll just try to get the shot or whatever. Right. So I started learning like, okay, look, if I confront everybody that talks crazy to me on set, like I'm going to end up getting, you know, blacklisted and getting busted. Yes, sir. You know, back where I'm starting. So I kind of had to develop you know, just, just how to, uh, um, communication skills and, um, and, um, you know, just how to, um, what is it called? Uh, uh, it's kind of like, crisis it's, intervention it's, it's, a little bit. It's kind of, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's kind of, it's also kind of like swallowing your pride, knowing that, Hey, I, it's not like the streets. I can beat this guy up and everything will be better. It'll, it's going to get worse. Exactly. And it's like, man, I want to do this the rest of my life, you know? So, and I, and then I studied early on as like, where does the movie start, right? Because I kind of didn't know. Like everybody wants to be an actor when you think Hollywood, of course, right? Like I watched, I grew up watching. You know, my favorite movies were, you know, uh, Outsiders, Back to the Future. I even like Grease. You know, that's right. Um, uh, what other movies? Uh, yeah, I'm just the Bronx Tale is like my favorite. But you think of actors, you know what I mean? Yes. And and so I, I you know, I really didn't set out to go. Oh, I want to be an actor. I just was like. I want to be in the movie business, but I started doing some stunts. I did acting, but I really started studying. Like, well, how does the movie get made? And then starts with the script, okay. right? So I bought this the screenwriting book by Sid Fields, uh, and, and I put it in my backpack. And I read like a few chapters. I just couldn't focus on reading books. Right. I, I'm still pretty bad at it to this day, to be honest. I I, I learned more of watching YouTube videos, <laughs> you know, um, or the audio stuff. You yeah, know? of course. But. Um, so, so th- yeah, so my concentration was pretty bad, but as I call it, it all starts, it doesn't start with the director, it doesn't start with, the, it starts with the script. So I'm like, oh, right. so I made a decision back then, I'm going to write a script one day. But then goes, then it go back to, oh, I don't know, I dropped out of high school, my grammar's bad, I can't spell, and, and so then that whole thing took me down, you know what I mean? Start, it, or helped me back, that whole thinking helped me back for many, many years. You start doubting oh. yourself. Say that again. I said you started doubting yourself again. Oh yeah, big time, big time. So, so, so then that kind of like, let me just keep doing what I'm doing, you know, making contacts. So I was making contacts, and then we went snuck into the Oscars. Me and um, Noel G and a few other guys <laughs> snuck in the Oscars, snuck in the SAG Awards, and um, 
Um, and the funny story when I went to, <laughs> we, we made fake badges. Oh, oh man, we made fake badges. And um, I remember Noel, he didn't have a, um, he didn't have um, dress pants, so he wore, but I, I gave him some black dickies and, and a, and a, <laughs> an extra, I think an extra coat we borrowed from somebody, like a blazer. Oh, and um, I threw on a suit and we, we put on these fake badges. So like at the Oscars, this is when I was over there by, at, um, by UCLA, right? Right. Or excuse me, USC. At the, um, oh, I forgot the name of the theater it used to be at, but it's right there by, uh, by USC. And so we, there's like cops first, and then there's there's, there's, there's a security. So we went by the cops, and like me, Noel, and this other guy, and we're walking, and then the cops are right there, like, oh man, we're either going to get busted or we're going to get, get through. And they looked at our passes, and they're all fake. And then he's like, all right, go ahead. Oh, and I'm like, oh, snaps, man. They're, they're straight up LAPD, like, let's walk right through. <laughs> So now we're on the, and we did it twice. The second year, the second time we got busted. Oh, <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about. But we're on, we're on, now we're on the red carpet, right? And the like on it. So we're on the red carpet, we're like right before everybody's going to walk in. And, um, you know, and, and we got a, oh, and we got a scanner, a walkie talkie, not a scanner, a walkie talkie, uh-huh. right? We're on their channel and everything. You can hear everybody talking. So we're suited up. So look at, let me back up. Before that, like about a few weeks before that, we're on set uh, playing gangbangers on some tv show and the production would sometimes hire you know the way they hired us like some real homies to play gangbangers they yeah. would hire sometimes hire real cops when they're off duty to play um background in the uh, you know on tv shows right. right so they had hired these real cops on set so these real lapd guys and you know we would even clown them like dang man you're getting a little too rough here man just a tv show you know <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. cool they were on set we're on, when we were on set everybody was just we're all the background. Nobody yeah. was above nobody. That's right. You know what I mean? And they were they were cool and they didn't trip on us. They weren't asking us where we're from or we are anymore. It's none of that. So we're just like eating good free food. Bunch of homies from different neighborhoods. It was like, man, it was it was, it was, it was really a really fun time and it still is. Nice. So those same cops. So now we're back to we're on the red carpet of the Oscars, right? Right. I think it's the, I think it's the, the I want to say the Shrine Auditorium. The, yeah, the Shrine, I believe you're right. Is that, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah. What, before they moved to Hollywood. So on the red carpet, we see the same LAPD cops all suited up doing, doing private security <laughs> at the Oscars. Right. So we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, dude, there's those cops, there's those cops. You know, they're walking over. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, we're busted, dude, we're busted. You're going to bust us. You know, and they're like, hey, what's up, guys? And like, oh, you guys got some connections, huh? We just uh, all like, oh, yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> And they shook her hand and they're like, all right, go, man, good for you guys. Because they remembered us from yeah, the set. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So they didn't know if we were there with fake passes. <laughs> it was the funniest time because I remember like, man, I'm getting ready to phone out, right? Oh, shit. Good one. <laughs> Start jumping fences. It's going to be all in the Right, the right, news, right. You know? So they were like, cool. Then, you know, we went. So we were here with our little radio. We were just waiting for someone to like, get those three Mexicans. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we just got in there. We, we sat in there, got to the after parties, met all kinds of different folks, and you know, we're, and I think the reason I say all that, we were like trying to network and do all this thing, but there was really nothing to network. Like we met this person, met that person, and you know, uh, we seen Steven Spielberg one time. We're like, hey, Steven, and he's like, oh, get, he put his hand up. He goes, I'll be right back. <laughs> And we actually waited for him. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was going to come back either. <laughs> hey, we go look to the part of the tent where he walked through, and he was the streets. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. 
So it was just funny stuff. We met Gary Coleman. Um, I mean, just a lot of people, man, that it was like, cool, we grew up watching them on TV, you know, but um, so next year we got caught and they let us go, man. They're like, you know, they, 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 they're like, scan your pass. This time they were scanning passes. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I go, oh, I'm good, man. I go, nope, come here. <laughs> technology, they, technology they got, got you. But they let us go, and it was cool. We're just like, nah, we're just trying to have fun. We ain't trying to hurt nobody. Because there was like drunk paparazzi people, you know? Right. So they were more focused on them. So, but, um, I was, yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask you. So while you're, while you're uh, in the industry right now, you're, you're, this, you're still fairly new in there. Did you ever see any homies that uh, that just couldn't handle it? Like when some of these guys were talking to them a certain way, and they just kind of snap on the, I don't know if it's the producer or director that's in the film? Uh, well, as far as me personally i was kind of like the the liaison i was like the representative you know right. so i got into i i heard of one fight where a, a, an actor got um there was a little fight on set got to do with two guys that i um was representing right i wasn't personally on set but um you know and then i, I had to have like one was like one was an og dude and i had to talk to him you know he's a straight up been a prison all that and he apologized to me you know he was cool he's like oh homie like i messed up and this and that right because uh, another uh there was this like this white buff guy playing a cop that took his thing he, you know he did some meth to robert you know acting and slapped one of the actors and i do come back he was playing a co and he slapped the actor and they're playing inmates and those two, two dudes you know they start fighting the guy well, this is what <laughs> so, inmates do <laughs> yeah so that was the only time that i've heard of that and they both apologized and like i was like you know, hey man he slapped me i'm like man you're an actor fool <laughs> But um, as far as me, I mean, no, the homies, you know, here, here's where it kind of started going sideways. We worked on so many movies and TV shows. I, I uh, One of the biggest uh, pro uh, projects I worked on was Training Day, you know? Oh, wow, okay. And um, I, so I went from being a manager and doing casting, I did locations, to started doing consulting. So it asked me to make help them make it authentic or yeah, whatever, right? of course, right? of course. So I worked with this um, actor named Cliff Curtis, who played like the OG on Training Day. And um, we worked with that dude all night, man. He really, he really, you know, had fake tattoos. We worked with this uh, great uh, Chicano tattoo uh, makeup artist named um, Ken Diaz. He did makeup on, um, you know, uh, he did Joe Pesci's makeup on, um, what's that, um, Casino. Okay. To just beat up in the in the hole and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of big movies. So, you know, uh, we became really good friends. Um, he did, he did, he does, he, he helps put all the uh, fake tattoos on actors and make them look really authentic, right, right? Right, As far as the skin tone color and making sure they, you know, you know, most Chicano homies don't have color on their color yeah, tattoos, right, you know? right, right. The black and white. And then we helped, like, make his hair, um, you know, he's, he's a veterano, so, like, you know, you don't have to go bald, you just gotta cut it and do the palm cone thing, wear a beanie and all that. So, we, you know, and he, and he did pretty darn good, in my opinion. Cause he's from New Zealand. That's the that's the guy who's in the the, the famous uh, bathtub scene, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He, he sold it. He sold it, brother. Yeah. So 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 we got to start doing that. And then um, as I'm reading those scripts, I'm like, oh, I can write a script. You know, I was getting that get a little bit more confident because I'm helping them go over their script. Okay. And um, bringing home. So then you know, so as all that's going on, and then there was a casting director, Dee Rickens, who who I worked with on training that she was like the only, she was, well, I'll say the only one, but one of the main ones were like, I would help like pretty much a lot of them, but just kept taking advantage. And so then I, I started getting hip to it. 
So I started charging them, right? Yeah, of course. But she was she was the only one that said um, I helped her do a lot of stuff, doing all these open casting for training day. Like we would go to this neighborhood, that neighborhood, and you know she had called me. Hey, you wanted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one day she calls me in her office and she gives me a stack of blank time cards. And she goes, here, fill out, fill out all these time cards for all those days. You know, I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, and then she's the one that got me the consulting job. That's right. She goes, I put a word in with the producers, you know, and I was like, oh, man, that was cool. So, again, just doing good work, you know, it, came, it really came back to help me, you know. That's right. And in a way, we're just doing it and not being a jerk. And I'm, hey, how much are you going to pay me and all that, you know. Uh, so, uh, but then, you know, you start, as they started getting into that, the homies, you know, say, first it starts with, like, homies not showing up. Right. right or not right. Or, or then being late um and then it starts with um you know homeboys being a little too perverted or being perverted <laughs> there's no too, too right, perverted right. period to females on set yeah yeah I can't or the it. makeup girls or the wardrobe lady you know um stealing clothes from the set oh yeah um you know yeah, I'm a real gangster, you know, want to bring your guns to sell. Like, no, we're just dude it's not about that you know so a few individuals you know that wasn't a lot, but it was some, but I, but I, but, you know, then it went back to like the hood training, right? Like right. I knew how to handle it. You know what I mean? It wasn't right. like, oh my God, call security to talk to this guy. Right, <laughs> right, like, right. And there was dudes that were straight bigger than, I, you know, dude, I'm five, three and a half, you know, so <laughs> pretty much everybody that I was dealing with was taller than me. Right. But I mean, I'm dealing with some, some dudes straight up big pinta fools, you know what I right, mean? Right, of course. Buffed out big old brushes or it could be some youngsters you know it's all different but you know they all wanted to work so i was like the guy that could get them work and i never and i never you know um flexed on that i never i never you know what i mean i never yes, did, like yes. oh, you better be cool with me you better kiss my butt like i was never about that i was like hey let's get the homeless work the That's doors right. open boom That's boom right. boom like I was just like always, 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 and it goes back to like my mom, you know, always helping people. You know what I mean? Giving people rides, lending money, letting people crash at the pad all the time. You know what I mean? Wow, yeah, that's right. I'm like, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> but like, that's what it was, you know, helping, helping homies, you know. Um, so, um, so you know, but then I had to, you know, there's times I had to have a talk with some of these dudes, and some of them, the ones that, the ones that grew, that would, that pretty much the ones that. Uh, Manned up and say, man, my bad, you know what I mean? And, you know, this ain't for me? Cool, we're good. Yeah, or, hey, man, I'm sorry, give me another chance. All right, cool. And then the one that gave me attitude, you know, that that were like, hey, homie, you know, like, yeah, and, you know, I yeah, just couldn't yeah, work with yeah. them. Like, hey, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're not going to hire you, man, if you're acting like that on set, you know? Of course. But I never had to get crazy with anybody or, or as far as as far as body homies or girls from the neighborhood. They were just like, Nobody, nobody, nobody cared where nobody's from. They were just like, dude, you want to do this? Let's do it. As long as you show up, commit, you're, 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 um, you're nice to each other, you know? And, um, and I would always encourage homeboys, hey, hey, like, keep all the audio talk, you know, where you're from and old stories. Don't, don't do that. Cause if you guys start telling too many stories, you're going to find out somebody shot somebody right. or somebody's family member, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. just not going to end well. So to, so I always, always encourage them not to talk about, you know, if you knew somebody that you were busted with, talk about some old times in private, but don't do that on set. Plus, okay. it was like we're trying to be professional, so how are you going to talk about some crazy gang story? Because we all have them, right? right how are you going to be right. talking about that and, like, spike producer guy or orange of ladies walking by <laughs> hears that? Like, what the heck? Yeah, for sure. 
and there was one dude, he's, there was one guy, he would always say, man, he would always talk about stories about women. And he would be like, yeah, one time I had this high in my van and this and that. And he oh, would say yeah, some great vulgar yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny, but it was like, dude, you can't, you got to stop. And he would never stop doing that. And it was always getting back to me. And I had different eyes on set, you know, but sometimes it comes from production. And then I had different homies, but like, oh, the homie ratted on me. You know, like, oh, ratting's on tell, yeah. telling the cops. That's not ratting. That, These fools yeah. are watching my back. Yeah, man. right. Of course, if, you know if someone saw your job and you're watching your back, that's your homie. He's yeah. watching your back. Even to this day, like when I when I get new guys who are hired on, I get guys sometimes just fresh out of the fresh out of prison, and I gotta give them the speech, man. You know, tell them, listen, brother, the same prison, the same jail. When somebody comes and tells me, hey, this guy ain't working hard enough, he just doesn't want to carry your load for you. It's called work, man. It's, and some guys, unfortunately, they don't ever get that. So yeah, I understand completely what you're talking about, brother. Yeah, and that's just like the whole thing of the mindset, you know. But I, like I said, I had I had a lot of good mentors, and, and and they helped me. So like certain areas in my life, right? So like I had a mentor, like boom, that could help me with my with my marriage. Another mentor for you know financial advice. Another mentor right. for mo- my movie stuff, that's you know, right. or, or uh, stuff about fatherhood. You know what I mean? And I'll go to like I'm gonna, if I'm gonna go get fatherhood advice. I'm gonna go to the dude that has the most experience. That's right, As a father with the most kids and the longest time, because <laughs> he's probably got the best stories and solutions and mistakes. Right, right. You know what of I course, mean? yes, yes, yes. And then and then vice versa. I'm always committed to giving people advice on everything. You know, I always tell them I can help people, so they think like. Oh, okay, put me in your movie. No, I'm not how I help you. I'll help you to teach you the way how to go learn to study acting, you know? Right, of course. But, um, but um, yeah, so so a lot of things started happening. Another time we had, like, we'll do stunts, right? And we'll have, like, these guns. They'll be real guns, but they're shooting blanks. Correct. And we're on this big movie called uh, Ollie G in the House with um, Emilio Rivera and Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and um, we're doing this big old stunt scene, and one of the actors, one of the guys, he like walked off set. We're in the middle, like downtown LA, Koreatown. Oh, he um he walked off set with the gun. Like as soon as they say cut, <sighs> we're supposed to put the gun down and take your finger off the trigger. That's right. like stunt rule, right? Yes. Like a safety rule, and then give them back to the to the, the guy, the weapons guy. Right. Like they one homeboy walked off set with the gun to go to go score some dope oh, in the area. Oh, shit. So I'm like, you know, we had to find them. And remember back then when we started, like there was no texting or nothing. Bro, you know right, I mean? a, lot right. of dudes, a lot of homies didn't have no, there was no Obama phones. Or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we were just straight up like, you know, ending the nineties. So yeah, it was like, yeah, brother. you know, so, so I had to like keep constantly, you know, correcting people and teaching them and some were teachable and some weren't. I mean, that's what it came down to, you know, I mean, that, that, I'll I, give you an example. That particular guy ended up getting busted for murder down the line. Oh, wow. And he wow. had a lot of potential, did some movies. I don't want to say his name or nothing, but, right. you know, he, he did good. He was doing good. He was, like, he was funny. He was animated. I was like, man, this dude's, like, we all thought, like, this is going to go far. He just had wow. a great personality. Wow. But part of it had to do with his home life with his parents and stuff, you know, and right. he ended up doing something, and boom, he, he got busted, you know. So what were we going to ask him? No, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I was saying uh, at this time, uh, at this time that you're you're pretty much juggling a bunch of homies. I mean, you're you're not that old, right? That- no, I mean I'm like in my early 30s now. So like from 28 on, that's all I'm doing, you know. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. It sounds like you got your hands full with these guys. So uh, how long were you doing that for until you actually started writing your own scripts and and doing your own movies? So I so I did the 
from so I did up to, um, for ten years. I was a manager for ten years, but again, it, 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 I slowly did a lot of different things and wore a lot of hats. Like, and I did. Uh, I started off with like, oh, I'm just the guy that I could get the homies to be extras, and, right. and I then I could get cars, right? right and then I'm right. the guy I could get locations, or I knew people that had a wardrobe or a clothing line. Right. So I was like, hey, let me get your clothing and um. You know, like the dudes from uh, West Side Originals, I believe it's called. Right. That bow down clothes, like, you know, we'll oh, get that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joker back. Yeah, and then I got to meet, um, work with the Stevan and Cartoon, the guys from LA Originals. And those guys really took me under the wing and, like, started showing me the game. You know? That's right. I was brother. real young when I met them. And those are a lot of the pictures that I post uh, from back then. They were just, like, down, you know, so we started doing all the photos, all the homies. So then it all, through all that, it started, and then it started an actual company called Suspect Entertainment, okay. which was a management company for Homeboys. So now, so I went from getting them, like, extra roles to now I'm their their manager or I'm talking to casting directors and producers, getting them auditions That's for right. speaking roles. That's right. Right. So now I'm like reading contracts and all this stuff. Right? So <laughs> I was like, okay, well this is getting like serious. This is you know? real. So this is real. We, yeah. And then we get an office and again, thanks to our, our, my other mentor, you know, it was a trip to my mentor, Tony Warren. We're friends to this day. Back then he was our, my first mentor in the business and he was a black dude. And the reason why I say that, because, you know, we come from the barrio yeah. and we're, you know, that's the mindset. Like, oh, stick to our own, right? Yes, yeah. And we got in here. And to be honest, it was pretty cutthroat in the beginning. There was no, I mean, there was no suspect entertainment. There was nobody else, like, helping homies out, right? Yeah, of course. Like, we had Danny Trejo and Emilio, but their careers already took off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're, they were like, they don't have no time for that stuff. They had, they were great examples of, of helping people in recovery and, and right. changing their lives around. But nobody had a company of helping homeboys, so right. I was like, hey, "Man, I want to, I want to, you know, why I'll do it." Nobody did it; I'll do it. Right. I want to leave a bridge. But uh, so doing that, getting people acting roles, uh, you know, dealing with casting. There's a there's a thing called the breakdowns. So I would get the breakdowns. So then I had another guy come in, Mike Manzo. He was another homie. He, he came in and goes, hey, "I worked for free." So I remembered how I was and goes, "I worked for free, man." He kept calling. I was like, all right, well then, take out the trash. <laughs> all right. And he did. He took out the trash, cleaned the office, this and that. So we had this little office. So back to Tony Warren, my first mentor. So he covered the fee for our office for wow. a few years. Wow. We couldn't even make the make the rent. Wow. And uh, man, we we would have never done did it if it wasn't for this guy. Because to think about, it, these guys are not movie stars. They're getting paid what's called scale. So everybody thinks like. Oh, you're in Hollywood, you're rich or whatever. Like the only people rich in Hollywood are celebrities or you have actors that been on series over like, I'll go and say about over three seasons maybe. So they got some dough, you know? But everybody else, man, like you got to keep the hustle going, right? Right, right. So so these actors are not making these big giant fees. They're getting what's called scale and the manager would get, usually managers get 10 to 15%. I would only get 10% of gross. Okay. So someone's making, you know, a thousand bucks and making a hundred bucks. Right. And then so they're making a thousand bucks gross and they get $600 uh, net. Right. And then, and then, they lose most of that for child support or something, and then they still gotta pay the company a right. hundred. They're like, "Oh, homie, how come I can't pay off a net? Uh, Why is it off a of gross?" And or or then they start like, "Oh, I'm not gonna pay." Like one homie told me, "Like, oh, dog, I had to buy tires." Uh, I'm like, "That's not my problem, dude." You know what I mean? So those things start happening. 
And now the guy went to and told me, like, I'm not going to pay you. What are you going to do about it? I was like, hey, homie, I'm not going to fight you over money. Take your money. Take your check. I'm out. Lose like, my number. If you put your hands on me, then that's a different story. Because right. I already had made that commitment, like I said back then, that to not fight and not do something and get that ripped. You know, I wasn't course, trying to be like, shit, course, night. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. You would have you would have been out of business, man. Nobody would want to work with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I knew it. I was like, I, I seen Shig Knight was doing all the things that I knew not to do. <laughs> yes, dude. Yeah, I had a conversation with somebody about that Shig Knight a few days ago. That guy would have been a a, a bil- not a billionaire. He would have been a, the, one of the biggest moguls of rap history if he would have played it the right way, brother. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and there was there was tension between certain homies at certain times. And I'll give an example. Like this one guy again. I have been working on this this thing of mine this little chip on my shoulder and then and, and i had mentors that i would that would walk me through it and and and, and one of the things like this one guy and he's we're, we're good friends and things i'll say his name because you know we're good friends and, and okay. i've told the story before and his name's frank alvarez you know he he was a guy that um i met him on the set of the fast and the furious and he's there and um and we were still you know homies would be like we wouldn't want to like, oh, where are you from, dog? We're like, oh, where'd you grow up at? You know, that's pretty much where you're from. Right, but it wasn't right, like right. we're challenging them. It wasn't no, in no. a negative way. Like, oh, where'd you grow up? I just conversation. Yeah, of course. And then he said, oh, oh East LA. I'm like, oh, where out in East LA? And then he's like, oh, right here. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, where about? And then he finally said, I'm, I'm from here. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. Don't take this wrong. But me and my homeboys jumped your home, jumped the home, one of your homeboys, and he pulled out a gun out of his shoe back in the day. And then there was a long pause, and he goes, "That was me." Oh shit! I was like, "Oh shit!" And we started laughing because we just weren't on that page anymore. Right. And he right. became one of my closest friends. He would put it this way: he was one of my to this day. I was talking, having a long conversation with him yesterday. He's one of my closest friends. I mean, we got so close where I trusted this guy to pick up my son from school and take him to auditions. That's right, brother. That's and you already right. know when you trust somebody with yes. your kid, dog. Yes. Like, yes, you better trust that's, the guy. That's, that you know not everybody you know what i mean so uh we became friends from there on and then you know we were always working well together we were just laughing you know we just um and he was one that just uh, acted that kept growing them he's the one in them he's the lead guy in um uh, east los on 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 uh, youtube okay but um yeah so he's one of the guys that just kept also so with him one time we were we'll be having a conversation and a disagreement and he would get very um, animated with his hands or get heated. Right, right. Look, like, you know, some moments just get like, nah, blah, 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 and they start moving. And <laughs> yeah, of they course. Look like they want to take off on you, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, So I was like, man, this dude gets a little heated every time we have a. So I was like, okay, I can't tell him now. He's too, 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 um, you know, he's just too heated up. Right. So I waited. Um, I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. And this goes back to tools that I was learning, right? Right. And, and I said, um, um, conflict resolution, right? So, I, so I, another day when we were gonna do something, and I was just like, he was in the cool. I was like, hey, can I talk to you? He's like, yeah, what's up? And I say, like, hey, the other day, I go, sometimes when we talk, we disagree. I go, like, you just start getting all like, like you want to take off on me, and you know, dog, like, and this dude's like, big, he's way bigger than me, right? right? I'm like, when someone feels like you're gonna take off on you, you want to take off first, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And I said, and the day we ever have to fight in the backyard or any of us, I go, this whole thing is gonna fail. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Because this is we're not we're not running a audio here. Yes, you know, we're all homies go to the backyard and throw down, and yes. we're not doing that. We're doing we're doing business. That's right. And uh, he goes, ah oh, man, ah oh, dog, sorry man. He was like, man, so now never, I'm never. 
He goes, never, now we're good. He goes, and he said, goes, I, I'm tripping. He goes, let some of, some of these fools try to hit up on my old lady. That's different. <laughs> right. And and we be, and he never did it again, but I came at him right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, now that you're on the topic of the of the the movies, where did you come up with the concept? Because that that's a great movie, man. Those, those as soon as I saw them, I'm like, damn, this is it's authentic. You know, before before I, I really knew who you were, Manny. That that that's what caught my attention. And uh, I mean, it's just some authentic stuff. Did you did you write those uh, screenplays or? or yeah. How so so as, as all those star prompts started happening in the in the um, uh, suspect Entertainment and the management, I started letting people go and then it started fading away and I got overwhelmed, I got tired of it and I started like, okay, what are, it got to that, I was like at a new transition, like what I really want to do in this business now and I went back to writing. So I started going to school at UCLA Extensions to learn screenwriting and to really just work on my grammar and my and all that stuff. So and now learn the structure and format of screenplay because um, I was like, every time I worked on somebody else's movie, I didn't like how it ended up, right. and I don't have say. No, no time you only gonna really have full say is via the writer director, right. for the most part. So, um, so I closed the management and just said, all right, to all the, the ones that I was real cool with, still I was cool with all of them, but some that kept doing acting and some just faded out. Right. I say, hey, look, I'm gonna write something for you, you know, and then we'll, we'll, we'll reconnect or whatever. So I started writing. I wrote some bad scripts. And I really got better at it. And then I was like, uh, I'm going to film something. And uh, we had this uh, friend of ours, um, my old writing partner, um, Seth Dyser. He, he was real f- good friends with um, this producer from Boys in the Hood named okay. Steve Nicolaitis. Okay. And so we had pizza with him at his house. He read our script. And he said, hey, you know, if you guys want to do this, you got to write. He goes, you, gotta, you guys wrote a good script. You got you to gotta shoot something. You know, take 10 pages out, uh, raise 10 grand. And he goes, you know, and, um, and we'll shoot something, you know, help you. And he gave us some money, and I started reaching out to people. Within, like, a week of just calling people and emailing, we raised, like, nine grand. And um, and then some of the actors even put in money, you That's know what right. I mean? None of us got paid. We, that was all, like, for the crew, for the production, pay the location. We had to get permitted. We played right, it the right, right way. Right. Um, but, it was all, it, but it was all, like, instincts, you know what I mean? Everything was, I had enough experience in the movie business to know but now I was like doing it from like so when I worked on somebody else's movie, I would just show up in the days of shooting and then that's it. Right. This time we're doing everything in pre-production, which is all the planning, and then post-production, which is all the editing and sound and all that. So it was a little bit uh, more taunting, right? But um, but we got to control and do it the way we wanted, and we did that. I went that one actually a while ago, but um, and then we I called the guys. You know, hey. You, you, I got these like I didn't have them audition or anything. Right, right. Let's know. do this. Let's do this thing. And I, like they were all down, and and then Richard Cabral was in there, and that dude ended up going and getting an Emmy nomination. That's right. Um, Caesar Garcia's uh, still working actor was in Breaking Bad, um, Fast and the Furious, and uh, so you know the guy still kept going. And then then that um, we're trying to shop that around, and it was still it was still kind of rough. And it was kind of rough because a lot of people did made bad. Cholo movies. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Or bad Chicano movies. Yes, like this, yes. I mean, I don't want to sound negative, but I mean, there's just some that are made kind of corny and cheesy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And they're made by people that don't know any better, or they're doing some stereotypical stuff they've seen in another movie, yes, right? Yes, yes, brother, yes. So I was like, no. I, so I, I had a, a good eye and a good sensibility. I guess you could call I don't know, like me and a stem, just so we, we see we have like a this corny radar, like we could tell right away. 
yeah. this instinct. So like, no, nah, that's not, no, 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 no. So, you know, there was, again, when I did it on other people's movies, the director, I would like, I'll say, you're the director, man, but that's, that's not, that's corny. You know what I mean? That's we right. wouldn't say it like that. So I had a lot of practice. So doing it came natural and working with real homies who had acted. These guys all trained and went to acting school for acting. Nice. So, you know, people think, and I used to think the same thing, like, oh, I, I lived the real life. I could write a script or I could play a gangster. Right, like, no, right. There's a, there's a skill and there's a craft to it. All right. You know what I mean? Um, and so that training is very, it, so this is what I explain about, like, for all the people that want to be actors, think about it like this. Like, say, say you're going to, like, I'm sure you could throw down, I could throw down, right? Somebody comes in our house and had to fight somebody right. or whatever, right? We're right. going to do we're gonna our every we're gonna give everything we have to to fight somebody to save our family. Absolutely. So, but if you put us in a ring with an MMA fighter who's trained, we're gonna get knocked out. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. It's just it's a fact. It's yeah. just we're gonna get knocked out. So that's the same thing with the acting, right, or any sport. You know, an actor needs to train. You, you got people coming in from um, New York that train their whole life on the, the, the theater. You know, there's like the movie The Third Bad Boys, the new Bad Boys that's out. Yes. There's a guy. Have, have you seen it, by the way? No, not yet. Okay, so when you see it, there's a guy in there playing um, Kate Del Castillo's uh, cartel son. Okay. And I'm just like toe to toe with Will Smith physically. I mean, dude's bad. I'm like, man, that dude's bad. He's, you know, he's fit. He has a cool, handsome, like that movie star yeah, look. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he's just like toe to toe with Will Smith. I'm like, man, I never seen this dude before. And I'm right. looking him up after, and he's he's British. Ah. <laughs> and he's doing all these interviews and he's <laughs> has this mean old British accent. Uh, so and that's something I always tell because like they'll get a Brit or somebody from New York and put yeah, tattoos on them. Yeah, brother. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Because it comes back to acting. So that dude trained and studied, and then he learned, you know, the Spanish and all that, and he threw down. So that's kind of the thing with the acting. You know, like it just doesn't matter if you live. The, so in other words, if you live the life and you have all that pain and you studied. Now you're unstoppable. That's right. right? That's right. Because yes, now sir. you have a lot of pain to draw from. And that's really what screenwriting or all of this art is about going and putting our pain into our art. And it's healing. So, like when I would write these scripts, man, it was painful, man. I had to open up so many wounds. Right. You're like, I'm getting ready to write my book and then I'm already like start crying and stuff, you know, gathering pictures and all that because it's just so painful. But right. writing these scripts, I had to, you know, I'm writing dialogue of my mom and stepdad and they're all, they're all gone. You know what I mean? Right. And um, so I would like grieve again for like two more weeks, probably longer. Right. And my wife would be like, "You okay? Cause I'll be in the restroom crying or whatever." Because I just opened up a wound that I that, that it just comes out, yeah, you know. But yeah. that's like that's when I know I did good work, though, right? Because I just dug deep. And that's the same thing with the acting, you know. And I was only I was only able to to start doing my writing and doing all that because I was working on myself. You know, I was doing marriage counseling. I was going to right. I started going to church. I started going to family counseling. I went to therapy, I went to anger management, you know, I was trying to better myself That's right. to better my family, yes, to better myself, to be better to my son. You know, I, I, I raised him, you know, cussing and yelling and saying, oh, right. do this, do that. You're not going to do drugs. You're not going to be, you know, wearing white t-shirts and all this stuff. But it was really out of fear that he was going to be like me. Yeah, of course. But he's, he's nothing like me. And I, I went about it the, the wrong way. So I'm constantly having to apologize to him and all that, you know. And, and make things right now and say, son, I, I, I had it wrong, but um, I, I, my intention was right, you right, know? of course. And um, so, you know, I had to apologize to a lot of people out there, but, you know, doing all that helped me. And, and I even took, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Toastmasters, it's a public speaking um, workshops. So I started doing those, working on my public speaking and 
and trying not to cuss. Uh, um, you know, when I when I speak, especially like at, 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 I'm speaking at a middle school and there's oh. all these parents are there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, trying not, and, and then you know, I know that um, there's times where I slipped out and I could see the principal look at me like, whoa, <laughs> you know. But um, but I, when I when I'm doing creative work, like I'm I'm cussing because these characters cuss. Right. I have right. To, be raw but um yeah so i got into um back to the filmmaking so to put all that into my filmmaking the script 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 it has to be a great script and then we bring it to life and then after uh east los um we had a big uh, hollywood producer involved uh and he was man we worked on that for like two years of just writing the team so we, we end up making it a t- uh, from a movie script to a television script to like a whole season, right? Right. So I had a guy that was a former HBO executive who worked on Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire, Entourage, like really big wow, shows. Yeah, I'm yeah. friends with him to this day. He worked with us for two years, man. Like just, and I was like, man, I got, I got two, and, and, and nothing panned out for various reasons, but I got two years of working with this dude that worked on Sopranos, my favorite show, right? Yes, sir. It's like the top-notch television of, yes, yes. like when people say, "Have you watched this?" I'm like, "Don't don't talk to me about anything till you watch Sopranos <laughs> and Breaking Bad." That's right. If you haven't seen those shows, yeah, yeah, they're excellent. They're one. excellent. Yeah. So, uh, so, so my level of, you know, I have this one guy said, "Well, you're not Scorsese and Tarantino," and I'm like, "No, I'm Manny." That's right. Brother. But I could still have the standards of those guys, yes, right? Sir. Yes, sir high standards of quality, high standards of quality on television. So that's my whole thing. It's like, if it ain't right, we got to do the take again. We got to get the right actor. You know, sometimes we have to let people go and all that. So it's really making things the right way, doing it. So then we got into a second chance. And now before that, um, so I did East Lowe's. We couldn't get it off the ground. And I started working. Um, I was always uh, equally working. And to this day, you know, going to speak at juvenile halls, drug programs, uh, continuation schools, you know, and, and they would even offer money. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not. I'm good. You know, That's like, right. just get it done. You know, we're here for that. We wouldn't, uh, we t- took a couple pictures here and there because they wanted to, but we didn't really put that out there. It was just, we wanted to show up and be very, um, um, what do you call it, um, comfortable and uh, personal. You know right. what I'm saying? Get real personal with the people and not, not, you know, once you start filming all that, you know, sometimes they ask me to speak today, like I tell me no Instagram live or none of that. <laughs> like I want to keep it real. I'm not trying to do it for an audience. I'm doing it for you guys. That's you know? right, brother. That's right. And um, so I saw one of my old friends, he ran a nonprofit. He, he got opportunity, came up. He's like, hey, you want to you wanna work with me? So I worked with him for uh, two, three years uh, as a teaching artist for his, for his nonprofit called SoCal Crossroads. And Tribeca Teaches, which was Robert De Niro's nonprofit. That's right. Got to take some kids to New York, got to meet Robert De Niro. That was cool. And that's where um, I, I, this one kid, man, I just, man, you know, I, I'm still um, in contact with all these. This is like, they're in seventh grade back then. Now they're all in like college and, wow, and you okay. know, they work. And, so I'm still in contact to this day with them. And, um, but this one kid, uh, particularly one, um, we just, I don't know, man, I just saw like a young me, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. And we just connected, and um, and we would just stay friends, and then my friend saw, I got him as a teaching artist, and I was like, hey, this right, I, I have this little idea for a short, when my friend died, and I was always calling on me, and again, luckily, I had already kind of like went to therapy and all that, so I wrote the script, and my friend Saul was down there. He was a, a cinematographer, which handles all the camera department. And then I told the kid, I want to go. You want to be in this thing? 
He's like, yeah, and he was really new to it. A lot of people comment and say, like, all oh, the acting's not good. And he was, he, you know, he wasn't a real seasoned actor. He's, he was new. Right. But I was proud of him, man. He came from almost getting suspended. The the the, the counselor's like, hey, he's going to get suspended for selling weed. You want him? Or, and I'm like, yeah, I want him even more now. That's right. <laughs> you know? And um, so then we made the movie, man. And then, you know, we, uh, we tried to put it in film festivals. I shot the tape. Same time, we, we shot the short film, A Second Chance. We're, so now we're doing like a whole year of trying to put it in film festivals, and I write and I wrote the script, the feature film version, right? Right. And I wrote that in like seven days, and then I re rewrote it all year long as I'm trying to put the film in film festivals. So you're spending like twenty bucks here, forty bucks here, and I just kept getting rejected, rejected, rejected. You know. Right. And I was like, man, like you know, I was like, oh well, you know, it is what it is. The first one's kind of like a bummer, but then after a while, I was like. You know, rejection ain't nothing to me. It's my whole life been rejected. Right, you know? right, right. So let's keep it moving. And then I said, like, screw it. I'm going to put it on YouTube. So my son was putting me, he's like, yeah, just put it on YouTube and all that. I didn't know anything about views, anything. I was still old school. Like, I want to be in the theater one day, you know? Right, right. Um, little Rob's a friend of ours. I put him in some movies. I was his acting manager for a while. And um, he let us use a song. And then um, he said, I say, man, you promote it on your Instagram. And I was on uh, no social media. I was just one of those. I mean, to this day, all I listen to is old school music, anything from the 90s right, on. Right. Um, I respect all new artists, um, but that's not who I have on my playlist. You know? Right, right. It's just, I'm just really one of those guys. But, again, I respect, like, I'm not into sports, never been into sports, have no interest in it at all, but I respect athletes. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? I could watch a good athlete uh, documentary. I respect Kobe and, and all these guys, you know, right. what they do. Um, so, um, yeah, so we did the movie, shot it, or, or they didn't, they rejected it. So I'm like, ask you, I'm going to put it up on YouTube. So before I got on YouTube, I did all kinds of research. Right. How does my page want to look? You know, what is this? What is that? I still didn't really understand the view thing. Right. So I just put it out there. Start reading all the comments and all that. You know, I mean, you know, you know when you started, right? Oh yeah, but absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> like, there's some, there's some comments you want to reply to, yeah. right? Oh man, <laughs> it burns you up like, a little okay, bit when you first didn't start. Understand what the, what the film was, but it was made for youngsters. It was made for PG-13 yeah, yeah, folks, yeah. you know. And then it started getting. It got close to a million views, and my son, they all have to big deal. You know, That's like, huge. In like three months, I'm like, oh, sweet. And I was like, all right. And then it got to two million, you know. Yes, then, yes. Um, and then we're trying to get the, I'm trying to get producers involved to make the movie. I got the script ready. I worked on the script with my, uh, a, uh, with my coach as a writer. Right. The same, I called my old, um, my old UCLA teacher. I stayed friends with her. And she's like, yeah, do it. And I, and I stay friends with all my, a uh, lot of producers and friends mentors in the business that were always just like cheering on me and saying, yeah, keep going, do this. I will call them for advice. You know, in the beginning, you kind of want to call these, these established people like, hey, help me make my thing. Right. And a lot of them, and that's a turnoff because everybody's asking them and they've got right. their own thing yeah, going on. Of course. And what I learned is like, man, having them as friends and mentors is even better because you have that lifeline, right? right Forever. Right. So that's what I try to be to people like, hey, look, I'm not going to, read your script or make your movie but i'm going to show you how to do it it's like, it's like that saying said i won't i won't give you like i think the bible says something about i'll show you how to fish i'm not gonna give you the fish or something so that's pretty much what you're doing exactly exactly and i'm man and i'm so glad that they did that for me because i just learned so much more and I mean, again and not only for myself i learned so much more from personally doing it and then now i could share it 
I don't have to say like, well, this guy said do it like this. I was like, no, this is what I learned. And so like when I do mentoring still to this day, I'll say here, there's the things that I know and here's the things that I think right. that are, are my opinion. Right. You know, like, you know, I know you have to take acting classes for sure. And here's some opinion, here's some options that you could try that w- would work for you that work for other people. <laughs> you know, I would never shove um, a certain photographer or an acting coach down somebody's throat. I would just say like these these the ones that the guys really love. This one worked for them. You know, sometimes for actors, you don't want to be at the same acting coach where all the homies are at because it's a distraction. Because right. then now yes. you're there, you know, um, socializing. Correct. Right. Correct. Like Correct. for me, I'll be distracted. But if you're able to go with all your all the homies. And turn your phone off and focus, then cool. But for me, I can't do that. I need to be at a place where there's nobody there I know. Right, <laughs> Maybe right. one person, you know, talk at break or whatever. Now, with the with the movie, have you uh, are you guys gonna make it into a, like a short film? Is it what what is it difficult to get it? Why are people not buying it if they're not? What's the? Uh, yeah. So the process of trying to get some producers involved was well. Here's the thing: is like one is like they got their own slate of movies. So it's like even if say. Brad Pitt's company, he has a company called Plan B. Okay. He made Moonlight, a lot of great movies. Like, even if those guys did sign on, they have a, if you go on IMDb, you could look and they have a slate of movies. I'll be in line, right? Right. By the time they, it's going to take another five, ten years. Like, I don't wow. have that. Wow. And then the, the, the guy, this guy, Rick Roman Wall, he did a movie called, he directed a movie, wrote and directed a movie called Fallon and uh, Shot Callers. Yeah, yeah. And, He's, he's a real cool dude, man. Like, we, him and I became real good friends, and he's like, nah, you, every, you know, everybody came back to you, just gotta make it yourself, make it low budget. So that's what the, the okay, I gotta just do this thing myself. So I'm trying to raise money here and there a little privately, but then uh, we were getting the package together, and then the, the lockdown happened. So right. I'm like, okay, let me try to figure out how we're gonna do We were just gonna do a straight up low budget where some of us are not even gonna take a fee and just shoot it on the weekends, you know? Right. Because at the end of the day, it really is if the of the movie's good. And and one of the things I asked um the producer of Boys in the Hood, Steve Nicolaitis, when he was mentoring us, I said, Hey man, listen, you know, when I write these movies and make these movies, like to me, like I'm gonna make it for the Chicano people. Like that right. that matters to me that they like it. You know, I don't care if the people from candidates or somewhere all over the world don't get it. Is that, how, is that wrong thinking? He goes, no, you're absolutely right. When John Singleton made Boys in the Hood, he made it for South Central. That's right. Everybody else adapted. I'm like, Psh, that's all I needed to that's hear. Right. And that was pretty much the last advice I really needed to really feel very confident to like just, and, you know, every time something didn't pan out, it was because I went with somebody else's instincts, not my own. Right. You know, to be honest, and I'm like, I should have went with my own instincts. So now I, you know, and I don't always get it right, I get it wrong, but at least it's like, eh, it's on me, you know what I mean? So let me ask you this How can regular people like me and other people that are listening that want to support, you know, your movie making uh, career and all that stuff, uh, how can we help as regular people? Uh, watching, sharing, um, like how you invited me on the show. Eventually, we're going to do a. a you know, I don't know if we're going to do a Kickstarter, but I might do something on a website. I might do something where we raise some money privately and then put the movie, you know, especially t- in times like the way it is right now. Right. I'm thinking about releasing the feature. The script is done. The script is tied. I have all the main cast in place. I have a producer in place. I have my cinematography in place. Esteban Orioles is on as one of the producers. Nice. If you guys haven't seen LA Originals, oh, make sure you guys watch that. That's great. Um, and um, you know, and he and I got some documentaries, other stuff that we already shot that's in post production. But as far as the movie, 
uh, what I think I want to do is uh, release it online for like five ninety nine or yeah, whatever, six ninety nine, where people can watch it at home or on their phones. Absolutely. Privately. So um, right now, I think just hit me up on Instagram um, and stay tuned until we kind of sort that out. But like the whole lockdown, you know, happened and it, we just kind of got to rethink things right now. But um, yeah, so, you know, like I said, I might do the GoFundMe or I might do the, a private thing where people could donate, you know. Yeah, I, I think I haven't set up the thing that the thing you told me about. Yeah, but I, I told you about doing the membership on YouTube, and, and if anybody needs that kind of thing, it's it's your kind of uh, your kind of content because you're you're actually making movies for the Rasa man, and, and it's and your movies are not just entertaining; they have a message behind it. That's one thing I really enjoy. Yeah, thank you, man. Like I really try to make it authentic. I don't want to be preachy or corny or or, or you know. Um, I know when I was. Um, young and gang banging and people started wanting to talk about um um you know religious stuff or whatever i just didn't want to hear you know right, what I mean? to right, me like it's right. just like living a clean life as example and um whatever religion anybody is that's cool you know whatever works for them is it's great you know i know it works for me um but it's making the movie you know i, I gotta sometimes take off these other hats and then get into uh um my filmmaking hat and also my young gangbanging mindset. Like, right. if I was a young banger, right? Would I want to watch this? Right? right. How's this yes. going to move me or whatever? Yes. And the main thing to me is like being authentic, being real, keeping keeping it as raw as possible and just not doing anything else, not doing anything that anybody else already did or tried to do. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, I was always, and I was kind of nervous to put stuff on YouTube because like, oh, someone's going to take my idea. And my, my friend, Michael <laughs> Garcia, the one I told you worked at HBO, yes. he said, Goes no 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 you you have your own taste and style already yes. you know what I mean you don't yes. ever have to worry about that yes. so um yeah I mean we're just gonna shoot the movie um hopefully this year uh really low budget but again low budget is not low quality right that's no. the difference because some people low budget is fine there's low budget movies but low quality you know bad sound or bad camera or or actors that don't know what they're doing you know that's that's where goes into making it cheesy like well that's all I had. Well then, keep practicing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think know? your movies are, are are even the phrase "low budget" is in there. It's just you're independent, man. That's pretty much what it is, man. Yeah, independent. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're independent. Now, let me ask you a question. You now you've been in the industry for <laughs> shit. We're in 2020 already, brother. So you've been in the industry for over 20 years. Are you seeing the support for Rasa made films like uh, like the one that uh, Esteban and Cartoon did? Uh, that documentary, have you seen more support from Rasa than you would five, ten years ago? Uh, I think so. I think, well, I mean, as far as filmmaking, here's what, here's what it is. Because I, 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 there's these guys, um, Alex and David, they have a film, a short film called Slipping in the Darkness. It's on HBO right now, a short film, and it's really good. You guys should watch it. Those guys, you know, they have a thing with HBO, and they were asking, I had a meeting with them, and, and you know, they say we want all brown writers in the writers' room, right. and my opinion was this: is that it really comes down to sometimes having other Latinos or the, I, I like for me, I don't really worry about if other Latinos are supporting it because sometimes it is what it is. They might not get it, or like, oh, you guys are making our people look bad, playing cholos and all that stuff, right? It's right. really about who gets our material. Like I have one of my friends and mentors. This guy was a Brit, William Green. You know. He, bought me my first laptop you know what i mean and right. really believed in me he was a bread and his dad was a, a 
train robber in London. Oh, <laughs> so wow. he knew all that stuff, you know? Right. So he got me. So it's really about people that really get what you're trying to say and do it. Sometimes it's uh, Latinos and sometimes it's not. Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's, uh, you know, my other friend, my other good friend is Seth Eisen. He's a Jewish guy. You know, like I said, Tony Warren's a black guy. You know, certain, certain people are uh, get your stuff and what you're trying to say. And, and the, the producer boys in it was a white dude. Right. And then all the homies that, that are behind me, they get it. So, but as far as it be, when I started, it was cutthroat. It's not as cutthroat um, anymore. It's way, way better to answer your question. I was kind of a long version, but <laughs> no. it's way, way better today. But there's, you know, but a lot of people, a lot of people still complain. And I say, don't complain. If you're writing these big articles or you're writing these rants or you're going on Instagram ranting that there's no opportunity. No, you waste that time you took to write this article. You could have wrote a script. That's right. You know what I mean? You could have wrote your own story. Like, don't wait for people to write your story. Write it yourself. We need more Chicano writers, screenwriters, and we don't have that. Right. And that's that's like shoot, I'll do it. I mean, you know, we got we got Emilio, Danny Trejo, Cartoon Esteban. They all are masters at their craft. Yes. Like I'll shoot, I'm, I, I I've been mastering my craft at screenwriting, so I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? But you know, we we need some creative freedom at the same time. So yeah, the like I have opportunities. I've been to HBO, I've been to Sony, I've been to all these studios. And in the beginning, it was like, oh, well, we need a writer. Well, we need a director. You know, now it's like getting some heat, but it's like, okay, you got the three million views or whatever. Okay, well, yeah, but, you know, don't don't shove another actor on it because he brings in so much money. Like, they lump um, lot, uh, Mexicans from Mexico win with Chicanos, right? Right. And they try to put us all, no, like, it doesn't work. You can't have a, a, a Mexican guy that could that just fit that straight out from mexico i mean certain actors can pull it off right. but not a lot right. playing a chicano you know if you put emilio in a chicano role boom he, he, he kills it right yeah, yeah of course um so so this you know certain things like that gotta be you know or, or this guy came from this tv show let's put him on this thing but he's like nah, but he sounds like he's from new york right right you know i mean so that's the thing so it's like you go with the big money the big studios or you go with doing it less money but more creative control so that's a point where Stephen and, and I are at is like we're going to go with whoever gives us the most creative control that's right so I have three scripts ready to go he slows the screen the TV series to do it authentic it's going to take place all 90s nice you know and he slows is just a working title and then I have uh, Hollywood's Most Wanted it is a rise and fall half hour comedy that's of right. suspect entertainment, all the stories I just told you That's about. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting stressed out, juggling all the different homies' <laughs> careers. Yeah. yeah, you can make a sitcom out of that one. Yeah, it's already written. It's, and people love it. Did I studied and studied and, and rewrote it? And I mean, it's ready to go. Uh, people love it, but I'm not gonna. I'm, you know, they're not for sale. I'm not selling my scripts. You know what I mean? That's right. That's like, right. If you wanna, you know, I had I had got offers to buy my life rights and all that before, right. and but they wanted to like give me some money to go away i'm like right. no nah, i'm good you know right. Right. so i come with it and just make it right if not we're just gonna you know like if i have to man i'll do web series five minutes five minutes at yeah, a time for sure know? brother for sure but uh, at least it's gonna be done like if i die tomorrow bro like i'm happy with what's on youtube i'm totally fine with that because we got to do it our way and it's only gonna get better and better and i say better as because you know, I listen. A director's job is not to just go on direct and be like, I know everything. No, a director's job is like a father in your house. You have to listen from your family. You have to listen to your wife and to that's your right. kids. What do you want? What's best for them? What's best for the family? And that's the same thing with the project. 
right? Like the, the more I became a better husband, the be, uh, a, a better dad, then I became a better director. Right. And a, a good director listens to his whole team, right? And yes. th- there's no ego. The, the baby in the family is the film. What's yes. best for the film? Yes. So that means I could get advice from anybody on the film set through any uh, process of pre-production, development, anything. They could be one line in a movie, like, oh, that's a good line, let's put it in the script, and if somebody else gave it to me, that's, that's um, doing craft service, or the guy that's doing, you know, a, a PA that's doing, um, like, I, I talked to a guy who's a PA, and I've been mentoring him on his stuff, and, right. and he, he just did 16 years, and he's totally, and he, he, he DM'd me on Instagram, very, very top-notch professional, and I gave him my number right away, and we talked, and we hit it off. That's right. And he um, he gave me some. He gave me uh, a couple of lines. He read my script because I wanted him to learn the format. So when he writes his script, right. And he read it the next day, and he gave me he gave me some suggestions. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna use it. I like it. That's right. And what he gave me was gold because that came from experience that he had more experience in because yes. yes. of being 16 years or whatever, That's right? A long time, yes. And so I have to be so as a direct, you have to be open for all that stuff. So I'm open, you know, more open and. It's not about me. It's about the project. So yeah. So when you know either the right money comes, or, or I would say this: not only the right money, the money with uh, where they're gonna say, "Hey, do you guys think I'm gonna leave you alone?" Absolutely, brother. That freedom. <laughs> you know what I mean? that freedom. So most likely that'll be private because a lot of studios they want to be all up in the business. Right. Of course. They, they want. You they know, want. They want to buy your soul, pretty much. Yeah, and I and I'm not for sale. You know, I I want to leave. Uh, I want to like Leonardo DiCaprio said, the way you tell of a, of a it's a good movie by the test of time. Yes, absolutely. The way we, the way we still love the outsiders, right? Yes, sir. That thing yes, still sir. holds up. Yes, sir. That's how this movie, Second Chance. Also, uh, we made it for the sh- the title is for the short film. That's not going to be the title for the feature. It's all untitled. I, I don't put out the titles for the features because then people start using them. Right. Right. Of course. But um, so yeah, those are just all working titles. But um, yeah, so the, the one-hour drama Eastlos is ready to go. Half-hour comedy Hollywood's Most Wanted, and then uh, Second Chance, you know, the feature. And uh, then we want to hire people in front of the camera, behind the camera, and give them opportunity at the same time. That's right, brother. That's right. So so Manny, do you and your wife ever uh, sit there at the dinner table and kind of look back and laugh and see where your life has has become to from driving around sets and trying to crash uh trying to crash sets and get into the movie industry oh yeah always man we just uh we always laugh about that you know and, and she laughs she makes funny right now because a lot of people call me og she's like oh gee <laughs> yeah, she's like brother. oh it's a text she's like hey og dinner's ready <laughs> yeah brother. yeah you know but um no, man. I mean, you know, I get emotional sometimes, but think back. Yeah, you know, of course, I mean, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, we still, we still got bills to pay. It ain't like we living in the mansion. Yeah. That, but like, you know, we feel, we feel very blessed that the, like, I get some, man, I get some really, really, and I hardly get any negative. Uh, I get like very, very tiny negative um, DMs or comments. Very, right. very rare. Right. But the, I get like, man, really, really cool comments. I mean. Some guy just like, hey, you don't remember me, but I was on the set of SWAT, SWAT the movie, right? Right. Like years ago, and he's like, and I was just sitting alone, and you came up to me and, and told me to come and hang out with the guys, and you gave me a bunch of inspiration about to keep going and all that. And this guy's like a working actor, and I'm nice, like, bro, I don't brother. remember you, but nice. shit, man, right now, brother. That's right, brother. Like, 
that like that that that's better than money dude you know what i mean like yes yes you know, being able to touch somebody's life you know that that's just it's the it's the greatest feeling and i think that's like the to me what i learned is like kind of the key to life man when you get into a place where it's not about you and it's about just serving humanity because no matter what man we're all just passing through you know what i mean yes, sir. We're, 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 you know all yes, the stuff sir. that we have is cool but we ain't taking it with us and like just leaving leaving an impact on somebody's life man oh my god dude that's like the greatest thing man and i'm so proud of that and she always tells me like oh i'm so proud of you look at you that's know, right help a lot of people or whatever that's right. and i was like man i feel blessed and humbled and and then and, and, and people are like oh thank you and i'm like hey look dude don't thank me just just help the next man out. Just, that's right. I always tell people. That's right. Like, homie. I'll literally be on a phone call for an hour and a half in the garage, and my wife's like, who's that? Like, oh, like, this this guy I'm entering. You know, sometimes they're young, sometimes they're old, you know? Right. And sometimes I'll get a guy, I'll say, he's like, hey, homie, woo-woo, and, you know, I say, oh, you got to get an acting class at this thing. He goes, oh, I'm a real G fool, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> like, I'm not going to give that guy my number. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, so, um, but no, I, I, no, we, we laugh about it. She, she, um, yeah, dude, we laugh about it. We cry about it. That's right, um, brother. That's right. Um, everything, man. You know, and it's like, I had, I had, um, um, uh, what is that? A survivor's, survival's guilt. Remorse. Yes. Survivor's remorse for many years, you right. know, like, but it's like, man, I had to, um, you know, I was a lot of unforgiveness towards people and unforgiveness towards myself, right. you know, and I made peace with all that. I forgave everybody, and even in my heart. If I, if I see them, I tell them, right. but in my heart, and then I forgave myself for a lot of things because I was a young me that's not me today. Correct. And I put the old me to rest, man. That's really what it is. I put the old me to rest, took a few things that I loved about my old self and use it now and uh, my whole mission is just like what you're doing man just commit 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 to helping others spreading the good life living a clean life right brother. and um you know just trying to inspire you know what i mean and sometimes i i get worried about a post i'm gonna do like well, i hope it doesn't come off like i'm bragging and <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. i never want to come off like that no, you know? you're not you're not so so you know you know what manny you you like uh, I had this other gentleman on here not too long ago. Same thing I I, I told him. I'll tell you, but I commend you and your wife, man. You're another example of how we're breaking the cycle. You know, one family at a time, brother. And then you're going out there and extending what you know and your knowledge, and you're helping these other people. And your wife is right there along the ride with you because I think a lot of people understand how important our wives are in this uh, struggle, fight, or movement that we're doing to try to help other homies out or just people in general, brother. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the platform. Thank you for sharing your story. And uh, to let the listeners know, please let them know where they can find you on social media, brother. Oh, thank you. You know, and I want to say one thing about the wife thing. The more the more I committed to doing this, is the more my wife stood by me and knew, like, okay, he's serious. That's right. So if you're telling your wife, hey, babe, I'm going to go do movies or I'm going to do that, but you're not really that serious and you're partying or doing things you shouldn't be doing, then she's not going to take you serious. Yes, sir. So you got to... You know, so yeah, the more I come in, she had my back. But um, um, no, at Manny Jimenez Senior, M A N N Y J I M E N E Z S R, uh, is my, you know, my handle for Instagram and YouTube, Manny Jimenez Senior, and um, I try to, and I do my best to really answer all the DMs. So you got questions or whatever about the business, about, I mean, I pretty much told everybody here what you got to do, right? Yeah, pretty much, brother. You should have the blueprint. Tell me, you know, 
you know, I was in prison and I was a gangster. Like, no, you got to study acting if you really want to do this. And like, you can make a good living doing this. So studying pays off, you know. You you can make a good living and change your life for the better, brother. Yeah. So hey, man, thank you for having me. Keep doing what you're doing. I told you that 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 last uh, post you did about the Elota uh, lady. Right. I was really feeling it, and I was like, yeah, man. You know, we've been doing, we've been hurting our own yes, ourselves have. for a long time, and um, there just was no cameras back then. You know. Exactly, brother. Exactly. And now, you know, it's unfortunate that that done camera, um, but um, it's a new time. You know, I think that we will conquer. We can always conquer with love and compassion and empathy. 